Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm delighted to welcome my next guest to the show. We spoke to her by phone, but she promised that she would come to studio and she's with me today with her gorgeous chocolates, Tara Gartland. It's great to see you in person. It's lovely to see you in person as well. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I suppose remind our listeners about you. You are a pastry chef of note and I just look at your CV. You worked (laughs) in Lockairn Resort, Glover's Alley, the Greenhouse in Dublin and Chapter One. Mm -hmm. So that's your passion, really, pastry. So, yeah, but unfortunately for me, while being a Michelin star level pastry chef, I'm also diagnosed celiac. So that was about halfway through my career. So most of the time I couldn't eat a lot of the things I would make. So that was a bit, you know, hard to do. But I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed the attention to detail. But so I've now moved on and I've started my own business called Tara Gartland Chocolate. And it's based in my hometown in Cartham Cross in Monaghan. But I now make beautiful handmade chocolates that are completely gluten free. Because a lot of the times, gluten-free products... Sorry, chocolate is not always gluten-free. It's often produced in a factory that is also handling gluten-containing grains, such as malt, barley and wheat. So my chocolates are just free from cross-contamination. The fact that they're gluten-free doesn't affect the taste at all. It just means they're really safe for anyone who has a gluten allergy or intolerance or celiac disease. That's a good uh, answer that you preempted my next question actually with because that's a thing people often think about yeah. that when food is gluten free or that yeah. there is no compromise on taste here no absolutely not I'm using some of the best chocolate from France some of the best butter in Ireland because you know what is caramel without butter and I'm using beautiful blueberries from Claire strawberries from my own garden it's using the best possible ingredients and just making sure that they're safe for people like myself who are celiacs or who prefer to avoid gluten that Valrona chocolate, is that what you're talking about? Yes. So it's actually from the Rhone Valley. So Valrona, I'm sure a lot of people would have heard of the Rhone Valley for France, for wine. Yes. So it's the same thing. It's a really high quality chocolate producer and they use the best possible chocolate. And obviously I'm limited in their range. I can only use about five of their chocolates that are completely cross-contamination free but they are beautiful so I have a beautiful dark chocolate milk chocolate blonde and a white chocolate from them and it is delicious <laughs> and you mentioned from those wonderful places you worked there you yeah. moved back home to yeah. Carrick Cross to the back garden and that's yeah. where you operate yeah. from now so I have a production kitchen at the back of my home house I think we mentioned the last time myself and my myself and my dad helped build it he's a builder and I'm a bit of a I'll do whatever has to be done kind of person. So we built a production kitchen. Uh, If anyone's interested, I might post a photo of it on Instagram later and they can see. But 
I have my chocolate tempering machines, my chocolate fridge and my production like fridge for storage of ingredients and stuff and some worktop counters. And it's perfect. It's the perfect size for me. When you launched, you didn't do much publicity (laughs) around this. Tell them what happened. So I decided to not do a press release because I'm just tipping away by myself. And I was like a little bit afraid of, you know, advertising it and then biting off more than I could handle. And then the website went live and then there was like 50 orders. And I was like, oops. So I was very grateful I hadn't done a press release. But I, there was just celiacs all over. Long time followers on Instagram and Facebook had been dying for me to ship. But I wanted to wait until I had packaging that was, you know, like when the chocolates leave me, that they arrive to you in the same state that I packed them with like love and care and attention to detail. So the box is really snug. They're held and secure. And Jerry has a box in front of him and they've arrived as shining. (laughs) And he called them little works of art a few minutes ago. And and I have to say that the packaging is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Tara Gartland, the art of chocolate. And I see your name, A-R-T, is in in there, in in that little strap line. But when I opened them, I did open the box here, folks, a minute ago. And I said to Tara, oh, you couldn't touch those. They're too nice. They could go on display in your home as as, as an artwork. But I did say to him, I was like, once you tuck in, you it's won't different. be disappointed and you won't stop either. So what flavours have you in this? Is this your... Uh, so those are the flavour cards that I'm currently running. But in about two weeks, I'll be changing all the flavours to oh. autumn and winter, winter flavours. Because we're running out of the strawberries and blueberries and yes. we're moving into the colder months. So in this, you have a selection of salted caramel, passion fruit... Spell that one for me. I'll pronounce that one. (laughs) It's Gianduia. So it's a very fancy word. It's actually Italian in origin, but it basically is a half hazelnut, half milk chocolate ganache. It is basically grown up Nutella. Okay. (laughs) And you have strawberry and banner blueberry. Is is that to do with Claire, the banner blueberry? So those blueberries are actually from a company, from a small business in Claire called Banner Blueberries. And they grow the most amazingly floral blueberries you'll ever had. Like you'll never buy blueberries in the shop again once you try them. Really? Honestly. I couldn't, I was, I bought them and I was like snuck off wee kg for myself to just snack on. Can I? Well, I tried the strawberry Go because for it. I. Th- these are your garden strawberries. So the are strawberries they? are from my garden, and I made a jam with them so I can preserve that flavour to use all year round. And then I make a white chocolate ganache, and I put the jam into that, and it's encased in a beautiful milk chocolate. Oh my word! <laughs> and I do think it makes a difference when the fruit is like really fresh and like locally grown and stuff. There's no air miles on it. You get a really great. You get the proper strawberry taste out of it. It's not a f- processed puree. It's it's proper. You notice how I've gone real quiet. <laughs> he has. I'll just fill the silence. <laughs> that is something else. My God, the strawberry burst on your yeah. mouth is just lovely. And the texture. Thank you. And contrast with the chocolate yeah. on the outside. I see what you mean. Yeah. No, you won't keep them as ornaments, folks. No. You'll eat them. Yeah. And now, so there's a box of five, but I also have a box of basically the unofficial signature flavours. The two flavours I always get told I cannot remove from my range are the salted caramel and the passion fruit. So they're also on offer on the website for like, you can get a box of five salted caramel, a box of five passion fruit for those who feel very passionately about those two flavours. You know, in terms of producing this and producing boxes of these, what what time is involved, you know, in, in, in putting this together? You know, putting a batch. Uh, what what does a batch deliver for you? So if I do a batch of salted caramel, I'm doing 10 moulds or more. And that makes 320 chocolates. 
And that will fill two of the slots in 160 boxes. Oh, not so bad. And what time frame? How long was that taking? So I could do two batches in a day in between. So I could do 640 chocolates of salted caramel in a day or 640 of passion fruit in a day in between packing boxes, answering emails, trying to post a little bit of social media so people know I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) They know you're alive, that's for sure. And it's just you. Yeah, I am very lucky. I have a very talented mother, Angela, who it happens to be her birthday today. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Angela. Yeah, but she is on Instagram as Captured by Angela and she does a lot of portrait photography and street photography. And during lockdown, she started helping me with food photography because I was doing some stuff, some recipes for magazines or newspapers. And so it was COVID. So they were like, well, if you could send us a photo on your phone. And I was like, I have a photographer in the house. What am I going to use my phone for? So she takes a lot of my food photography for me for the website, including like headshots and also photos of the chocolates. Yes. Yeah. And I have to and say... And she also helps pack boxes sometimes. Yes. Where did you get... Who does your packaging? So JJ O'Toole, they are a kind of gold standard for packaging in Ireland. They're a very good company. But Claire Lynch Creative designed it for me. So I came to her with an idea because when you need a custom packaging made, you need to be able to give very exact measurements to someone... And Claire did my branding as well as designed my packaging. Not many graphic designers can do both. So she's very talented and very easy to work with. She is talented And she indeed. took my idea and yes, made it to life. To what it and is there. And I sent her a box of chocolates when I got the first batch of packaging and I was so happy. I was like, oh, I just want to send you a box because she helped make my little dream happen, you know? Oh, they're beautiful. They really are. <laughs> they're a credit to you from start to finish. You can see the touch, the professional touch with them, I have to say. Now, you were involved in making tarts as well. You love a lovely lemon <laughs> meringue, the, the the Breton, the Bakewell, etc. Yeah. But you've parked that, have you, for the so time being? I had to put that on pause. I thought I'd be able to manage it all. I thought I used to always do Saturday treat collections and chocolates are always available on Saturdays by collection from like 12 to 4. And I thought I'd be able to manage all the baking as well. But I've just kind of been a lot busier with the orders than I anticipated because I didn't do a press release. But I will be bringing back the baked goods soon. But it's just a matter of making sure that I'm delivering a quality product every time and giving every single detail. It's online, this business. Is it all online at the moment? So yeah, it's on taragartland.com, which very handily because I'm a pastry chef, I share recipes, but also you can purchase my chocolates there and you can contact an inquiry for like corporate things. There's very been a few inquiries, which was quite shocking because I was like, sorry, okay. (laughs) Can you stay in that kitchen, that little kitchen where you are and in that setup or, you know, with demand and more people looking for these wonderful chocolates (laughs) and you expanding the range? Yeah, Um, I did design the little kitchen to be very ergonomic so that it works very well for me because I actually think the bigger the space you increase your it causes you to be a bit more disorganised. A smaller space, you know, forces you to work neatly and think about your next steps and prioritise properly. So I do think potentially in about a year we might be out of it, but... Not at the minute. Not at the minute. We're okay for now. And do you need any more hands? Are you okay by yourself and mum helping Thankfully, out? Thankfully, about 26 first cousins. Ah. A few of them are of working age, you know? Yes. Yeah. So there's plenty of family there support is. there when you need to call on it. There is. Um... When you talk about this business, yeah, you know, you think about, let's say, Valentine's Day. Yes. You think of birthdays for yes. people, uh, Mother's Day, yeah. 
Christmas time as well. Oh yeah, let's you, not forget Father's Day. Well, Don't forget the fathers. Well, after today. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That that chocolate was lovely there. But you know those occasions. Yeah. Will will you you expecting you know that the business will yeah. peak and maybe fall a little. Yeah. Around those so times. there's there's standard like really busy times and then there's obviously quiet times. But those quiet times allow you to prepare for the busy periods. Yeah. Like so I now have to start I also made Easter eggs last year, but I couldn't ship them because I didn't have suitable packaging. So that's next on my list of things to do is to get packaging sorted for Easter eggs because I made like a hazelnut roche one, which is basically a gluten free version of a fair roche. And it was a hazelnut roche egg. And it was very popular. And I even did a pop-up in Galway and Dublin so people could collect them because yes. I couldn't accommodate the shipping. And I was like, I was afraid it had smashed to pieces. But so like, that's what I'm working towards is getting like every sort of, I have every date in the calendar down, thinking forwardly of how are we going to support all the celiacs and the chocolate lovers? Yes. You know. So that's in, in, in your, in your yeah. business map going yeah. forward as well. You must be so proud of this. Like for someone who made the jump. It's my little baby. Yeah. It is my baby because it felt like a long time. I had like packaging that was, you know, bought online. It wasn't distinct. I just had a little sticker stuck on it. But this feels like I'm very proud of this. Like when I look at it, I go, all right, I did that. I'm very happy. But it was just like a labour of love. Yes. Absolutely. From start to finish. Mm. But there was lots of people helping me along the way. So I've been very fortunate. I have lots of industry friends. Who'd you know offer a sympathetic ear? Yeah, well, I, I tell you, it's you've come a long way, may I say, young woman, in a short <laughs> space of time. It felt like a very long time. <laughs> ah, but it hasn't been. She so only launched it's what twenty two, early yeah, twenty two. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're only taking oh, baby know. steps so far, but they are wonderful baby steps. Thank you. I love everything about this, and it is you know you. It's just you in these chocolates. Yeah. You you come through all all the oh, way yeah. on them. And they're simply gorgeous. I wish you well. Thank I thank you. you for dropping in today no because problem. I could actually taste what they're all about. Yeah, it's much easier to talk about it when ah, it's in it is face to face, of course. And again, online to order, tell yes, them. Yes, it is taragartland.com. T A R A G A R T L A N. Great stuff. Thanks for joining me on thank the show today, much. Tara. Bye. Bye. The fray on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon how to save a life and I just pray that many more lives are saved in the Middle East and that conflict stops because the images are just shocking and two wrongs certainly don't make a right that's for sure talking about saving a life I don't know whether you remember her it's it's a few years ago at this stage but a young woman called Adele Kennedy spoke to me on the show and uh, she was diagnosed with cancer in 2016. She had young children at the time. She spoke to me in 2019 and her campaign would have been known as Adele's Journey with the Big C. She was known as Miss Positive Pants. Well, sadly, news came through yesterday that Adele lost the great fright and uh, passed away and leaves those children behind her. She did everything for them and to live as long as she could. We remember Adele Kennedy Campbell on the show this afternoon. May she rest in peace. Just uh, reminding you that at Ballamakenny College this Saturday the 14th there's the big BKC car wash taking place from 9 till 3. It's €10 per car and they'd love you to drop into the college there with your car. They'll wash it spotless for you, I promise. And all funds raised are going towards a charity event that they're uh, organising there at the college. That's the big BKC car wash at Ballamakenny College this Saturday the 14th 
from nine until three. What about that person in America who won the jackpot? You know, you're talking about wall one minute and then somebody wins $1.76 billion in the Powerball jackpot. A Californian winner in the States. Some win, isn't it, for one person? Oh my, what an amount of money that is. Simply incredible. I hope they are taken care of and take care of it because it's a massive life-changing amount. The second biggest ever one in the States. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. After the break, Dave Robinson. Well, he's changed tack in Dunshockland with Mead Eco Park. He's joining us. We're heading to Dunshockland now on Late Lunch to have a chat with a man we've met on a number of occasions before on Late Lunch. Dave Robinson. Afternoon, Dave. Uh, good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for having me back. It's great. Not at all. Many people would remember you and the place there when it was Ratbegan Lakes and then a children's adventure park. You've been in this oh, uh, game too, a long Jerry, time. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I can't go to the vill- any of the villages. You have Dumboyne, and Chocolate, and I bump into people. They remember the park so well. So many happy memories and people still communicating with us on Facebook and things like that. It really left a nice memory and I'm very proud to have been part of so many people's growing up times, you know, really good. Now, but we've moved on. Yes, we've you've, moved on you've turned the bus, as you say. Ah, we turned the bus, we put the brakes on, we took a look at what was happening in the countryside and we said, right, we'd change over. So we re- re- renamed the park, it's still Rathbegan Lakes to the locals here, but it's now called Mead Eco Park. And realistically, we now operate a very quiet, very nature-based over 18's motorhome park, right? Okay. Now this is a, this is another case of Dave Robinson being the luckiest man in the world. When COVID, uh, when when we got the re- release from all the COVID lockdowns and stuff, one of the first and most safe holidays was the campervan holiday because people were self-contained. So people started to move around the countryside in their motorhomes and campervans, and we were on the button, ready and available to do that. So since then, we've got better known throughout, throughout the campervan community. There's loads of groups. There's a lot in the north. In fact, I remember long, long years ago, I was on um, the board of Reeve Tourism, and we were at a show in the Queen's Hill, King's Hill in Belfast. And even at that time, people were asking, have you got campsites in Reeve? Have you got? And we were very poor for campsites and mobile tourism. And I've now identified that... In France, in every little town, there's a thing called an air, which is basically a small pull-in area for three or four motorhomes, gives them fresh water, somewhere to dump and change their loose, and basically a small service mm. where they can pull in. You're not talking big gangs, but they bring money to each town that they visit. And there's lots of people going around. And the other thing is, there's a GAA club. This is interesting. A GAA club up in Letterkenny, St. Eunan's, and they've put aside part of their uh, club car park as a motorhome service area where people can come in and spend a safe night. Again, these people are just looking for safety. Um, Somewhere to park where they're not going to be disturbed. And I just feel that there's a huge market that Mead and Lowe haven't looked at. We've got a great one in Carlingford. Lots of people go there. It's a lovely spot. And I just see it's a huge opportunity that we as a county, as two counties working together along the Boyne, could really work on. So, Dave, how many uh, vans can you cater for there? Well, I can cater for 12 maximum. Okay. Um, but they don't come in 12. You yes. know, you get two a night and one some evening. But it's a slow process. Again, we're on the on the, the, the outside edge of it because we're adult only. Mm. There are other people, certainly during the summer, there were a lot of people, lots of families doing exactly the same thing. Now, they'll obviously go to beach campsites and things like that. 
But there are people, and especially now, I've had a lot of people from the Netherlands and Italy in the last week or so who are over here. They want to see the Boyne Valley region, and then they're going to go up north, or perhaps they're going to go west. And um, they all need somewhere to park safely for their night. Yeah, and, and you're close, being close as well to a major arrival point in, in the capital city, I'm sure is well, a positive, it. yeah. Yeah, well, you find that people start chatting on the ferry and they go, oh, where are you going to spend your first night? Mm. And so that's, we'd get maybe three uh, fam- uh, groups or people in from one ferry trip and it gives them a base to organise themselves and they know where they are. And the same when, when they come back from their tour of the country, they're pulling in and able to get their vans ready, give them back to the rentals or wherever they're going. So it's, it's, it's brilliant. We're, we're, listen, years and years ago, and God rest him, poor old Ray Coyle, we always said, himself and myself, Mead should be the fairground, the fun park of Ireland, right? We go Wicklow's the garden county. We've so much now in Mead and Louth that we should be bringing in all these. These are hardcore tourists that all the time, that really, that they're seasonal, all right, but there's still shoulder periods where these people are moving around the whole time, coming into our country. It's an opportunity for lots and lots of small towns. Yeah, and uh, you're right as well. You know, traditionally they'd be looking to the west, the northwest, the southwest, etc. But there's so much on offer here on our doorstep. And in your place, you've got 22 acres there that they can spend time around. Ah, yeah, we've we've got a really nice thing going here now. We've got we've put up a couple of nature hides where people can sit and just watch uh, various animals and insects and stuff. For instance, the other day I spent an hour watching juvenile kingfishers. I'd never seen juvenile kingfishers practicing before. Absolutely mm. astounding. It was beautiful. So our guests, you see, can come in motorhomes and they can spend this chill out time around the lake, just just resting and absorbing a bit of nature. We're constantly planting new trees. We have our own brand of honey now. We started keeping bees at the start of the lockdown. And we run 27 or 30 hives now. And we've got Brilliant. local honey, uh, mm. Blossom Lake, we call it. So, uh, yeah, things are ticking away nicely at Mead Eco Park. We don't have a facility for ordinary visitors anymore. Mm. But in a way, that gives me time to talk to all of my guests now, to see where they're going, what they're doing. And this is, this is what I'm finding. They want to travel throughout the two counties. They want to see everything that's on offer. And, you know, let's make Mead motorhome friendly. What about the hens? Have you got the hens? I believe the eggs are fantastic. Ah, the eggs were great. That was a bit of a gimmick, you see, at the start. I was able to put two eggs on every doorstep in the (laughs) morning, you see. It was a great house. And then people were Facebooking about it and everything. Sadly, due to encouraging nature, we had a pine marten attack. And we worked out 18 of my hens. So I've only got six now for the house. And they pooped around in the safety of a fairly cool too. big biggish pen but it's safe from predators yeah. so, so you've only enough for yourself reason. you've only enough ah, for yourself enough for ourselves but if yeah. you call around she will boil you in ah sure what well, I know you would you're, you're, you're very good you really are getting nice messages in here saying people lo- delighted to hear you with us uh, on the show this afternoon ah, well look I, Jerry. I cannot believe the support we've had and, and the loveliness of people every time myself or Mary go out they're so nice about it. And they feel so sorry that we have to close, but sure, we're up and running again, you see, this mm. is the thing. Mm. Um, we just, as you said, we put, we put the brakes on the bus and turned the corner, and um, we're just really, really pleased. And thank you, everybody, that was ever a customer that supported us. It was fantastic. They were great old times. Ah, there's no stopping a great man, and Dave Robinson is one of those. Is there any old trout still left in those lakes, or they got long gone? No, Jerry. No, no, no. They're not. They're, 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 they are long gone, but not because we we've got rid of them ourselves. 
it's an issue of global warming. Right. Um, when I built the lake back in 1997, um, I did a bit of research in England about various fisheries, and there were reports that in Devon and Cornwall, in the very south of England, they were getting very hot water temperatures and the trout were dying due to lack of oxygen. Mm. And the up in Big Ara now, that was 1997, and here we are in 2022, and the water temperature goes up to 21 degrees. I lost my trout two, uh, two August in succession. Yeah. And that's global warming in our own... Practically lifetime. on your doorstep and evidence. Um, what, yeah. You know, I mean, this is the thing. So what we've basically done is we've changed over to a coarse lake and more nature-based. Yeah. So everything in there is for looking at and, 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 you know, there's no actual public fishing anymore, but it's all a, a very uh, it's a lovely place. Ah, yeah, good to hear. It's and there's other place. species will enjoy the freedom of the waters there. That's anyway, it, if, you're, if, if anybody's any class of a photographer at all, we offer a photography day where you can come into the place for the whole day Use the hides, take some pit snaps. You don't know what you're going to see. We don't charge very much for it, but it's a nice way of keeping the show on the road. Lovely, Dave. Wish you well with everything. Me, the Eco Park. Good luck to you. Thank you, Jerry. Not at all. Nice to talk to you. Take care now. Bye bye. That's uh, a man uh, readjusting or re engineering his business to something entirely different. It is 18s only and it is for motor homes and it is dog friendly. I've got to mention that there when I was talking about. We wish Dave good luck. He's been a man through many iterations when it comes to business, but all are based around those uh, rat begging lakes there. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. Just to mention that St Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club have their 20, 25th anniversary gala dinner uh, taking place in the City North Hotel this Saturday the 17th at 7 o'clock. There's no tickets available. It's completely sold out and I ain't surprised. Martin O'Neill is the guest speaker and Alan Thompson and John Fallon, Celtic to the core, will also be there all uh, proceeds from the night, uh, the, the profits are going to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. They're fantastic people in St. Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club. They support so many charities. We know that on late lunch and they have over the years and they're doing it again with a big dinner. We wish them well. 25 years. Martin O'Neill, the guest of honour. It's going to be a great night on Saturday night. Well done to Hilly and the crew there. After the break, uh, we'll stay on the soccer theme because uh, news today that Drogheda United board have given their thumbs up to the proposed takeover by the Travella Group. Conor Hoy is with us next. You will have heard on our sports news that the board of Drogheda United Members Club has provisionally accepted an offer from the Travella Group, a US sports investment firm headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama, to acquire 100% of Drogheda United Football Club. Former chairman, current board member, Conor Hoy joins me on late lunch. Afternoon, Conor. Hi, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. This didn't happen today or yesterday. This has been a long process, Connor. Ten months, um, every day, every evening, uh, non-stop. It's absolutely exhausting, but we knew it was the right thing. We've got to the right solution at the end of it. And hopefully the members of the club will all agree when we get to vote on it in a couple of weeks. But we're, we're delighted to get to this point. These are great people. Um, that I think we found to own Draw United and, and take us to the next level. There were many uh, you engaged with. There were others knocking on the door and that you met as well. Why Travella in particular? Well, we've met potential investors from the UK, the Middle East, China, uh, other European countries, uh, you know, and, and finally, you know, I, I remember I had the first call with 
Wesley Hill is the one of the vice presidents at Travella, and we hit it off immediately on our first call. And I just think they were so interested from the get-go in the community, in the history of the club. It wasn't all about throwing money at things. It was all about respecting what we've got, about building something meaningful. I checked out what they did with Walsall in the UK. I went over to Walsall and saw what they'd done at the club over there and spoke to the people there. And just everything about it has felt right from day one. And, you know, as I say, that's been 10 months of discussion since they've taken us very seriously. We've taken them seriously. And I think they've got the right outlook, the right... They've done proper research, so they're coming in with their eyes open about everything about Drada United. They're just great people. We really get on well with them. I think they've got the right... Um, they're not looking at a short-term investment, Jerry. They're looking at 20 years, you know. Mm. I didn't want somebody coming in trying to make a fast buck out of Drada United. I want somebody who'd be a partner with us for the, for the long-term future of the club. So, look, really exciting, Jerry. I'm, 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 it's really exciting for the club, for the town. They want to build something really special with us, and I think it's going to be just a real shining light and draw to going forward. So it's really great news, I think. When you mentioned build, of course, United Park, it was always the dream of your father. He tried on many occasions. He did it, did everything he could to get the club to a new stadium. This would be something I'm sure he's looking down on us today that he'd approve of greatly. But this new stadium, it's more than just a new stadium that's planned, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think we have a site. Um, it's well well documented um, down near uh, on the north of the town, near where we hope that there's going to be seven or eight thousand new houses built, which in my eyes is twenty thousand new potential supporters of the club. Um, I, I think it's probably more than likely going to be including other sports, and, and because you know when you build so many houses, you need facilities beyond just football. You know, beyond, we need community facilities there, and. Uh, so I think that's certainly the vision is that it's going to go beyond just like a football stadium and a training ground. So um, again, you know, I, I, I think I just think there's a really positive outlook for the town on this. I think it should be a really everybody in the town should be embracing it. And I think once people get to meet these guys, like I spent so much time with them, um, and we have a public meeting on the second of November for everybody to come along and meet them. I think you'll all feel the same way that I do. Then. Um. In terms of uh, approval, the FAI have had a good look at this as well, and they're happy with it. They've given the thumbs up. There have been engaging. There has been engagement. I know, as you mentioned, with that site with the uh, Loud County Council and that as well. So there's a lot of things in place already. Oh, there is. I, I should say a huge thanks to the FAI. They've been massively supportive of this. We all criticise the FAI a lot. Um, but when they do something great like this and be so helpful, I, I have to take my hat off to them. They've been brilliant. Mark Scanlon, the director of the league, has just been superb. Um, and the council have been brilliant as well. Joan and the team at, at Lloyd County Council have embraced Travella as well, have had many discussions with them, really open, real can-do attitude to trying to help get this development done. So, again, so many people have contributed to this, and including yourself, Jerry. at one point, I know. And I, I think we've, you know, there's so many people to thank to get us to this point. And uh, uh, but you know, and coming back to my father, you know, you're right. This, this, the club has been in, you know, what I'm going to say, draw out of hands for over 104 years. And you know, we don't take lightly the prospect of it being owned by somebody outside of draw and certainly somebody outside of Ireland. So that's why it's taken so long because this is a really important decision for the future of the club and for the town. So we didn't want to just rush into bed with the first people who came from wherever it was you know, flashing the cash. This is about finding the right partner. and I'm really convinced we've done that now. The, uh, I suppose the one worry that people, and you hear it coming up, is what happened with Peak 6 and at Dundalk. It, it, this is a different yeah. scenario. 
Yeah, and well, people talk about Peak Six as if they did something wrong at Dundalk, right? First of all, I, I don't think they should be defended here. They didn't leave Dundalk in any debt. You know, they came in, they actually had very successful years with Dundalk, and then they decided to get out. Now, they made some mistakes from a business point of view, overpaying for players, I would say, and wages and things like that. But they never turned around and left the people with Dundalk with an asset that they couldn't yeah. still take on. So that's the first point on that. So I think they get, yeah. a, they get a bad press when they don't deserve it. But no, I think that this investment here is a much, much longer-term investment. Right. Remember, um, the guys at uh, Travella already own one club. They're looking at owning other clubs across Europe. We're going to be in a network of clubs across Europe, I think, um, which I think would be fascinating for us generally as a, as a, as a club. Right. But it, once you get to meet them and you, and you hear yes. some of their views and outlook on things, I and think that will happen. Get the warm feeling. Yes, yes exactly. that, that will happen yeah. on the 2nd of November. Connor, thank yeah. you for taking time to join me on the show today. Wish you well no and all that will happen, happen in the future. Uh, these are exciting Thanks. times. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Conor Hoy there, former chairman and director of Drogheda United, about the imminent takeover of the club. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio Top 5 Countdown and Mental Health. We're dealing with anxiety after three today on the show. But taking us up to news, weather and sport at three o'clock, it's Mr Phil Collins and one of his all-time classics on your Late Lunch. It's Easy Lover, Thursday afternoon. We're out and about in late lunch tomorrow afternoon. Yes, we'll be in at Boy. We're coming live from the newly revamped Tierlawn Country Life Store and Garden Centre. So if you're about in at Boy tomorrow, we're there tomorrow afternoon with the entire late lunch show with plenty of guests, chat, music and all the regulars on Friday to come your way. That's tomorrow late lunch from 1.30 to 3.30 from the Tierlawn Country Life Store and Garden Centre in at Boy. Um, what else have I to mention? Oh, yeah, we had Dave Robinson on the show a little earlier on and a listener in the Bettystown area said she was delighted to hear that Dave has a facility for motorhomes because in the Bettystown area and into Laytown with our beautiful coastline, there's really nowhere for camper vans to go. I want to wish Dave all the very best of luck, says a listener there this afternoon. Thanks indeed for that comment. Now, let's do the countdown. Five, four, three, two... Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this week in 1979. And the song is by The Buggles. And it's from their debut album. And it was their debut single, indeed, that they released back in 79. And, you know, it's ironic, this song today, really, and what's happened in the world since... Because the song relates to concerns there were at the time uh, and the attitudes towards the new 20th century inventions in terms of media and the arts. Um, and today, I just imagine today, what, what would this song or what relevance would this song have today with all the new media that's out there and all the developments in the online world and apps and smartphones and everything since? Anyway... Back in 79, the big concern for radio people was video. Here they are, the number two from this week. In 79, it's the Buggles and video killed the radio star. It didn't, you know. I heard you on the wireless back in 52 Lying awake intently tuning in on you If I was young it didn't stop you coming through The Buggles and Video Kill the Radio Star. Number two from this week 
in our top five countdown from 1979 and it went on of course to be a big number one as well well radio is still here video is still there in many many forms as well we'll bring you the uh, big number one from this week tomorrow on late lunch round about this time up next on the show, October is Mental Health Awareness Month and we're uh, doing a wee series uh, during the month. Uh, part one was last week on the Thursday. It's each Thursday at this time. And today, Rhoda Smith is joining me to talk about anxiety. It's the second of our mental health features in the month of October and I'm delighted to welcome back to the show Principal at Slane Counselling, Rhoda Smith. Afternoon again, Rhoda. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me again. We're talking anxiety today. There must be a myriad of uh, issues and things in people's lives that underpin anxiety. Absolutely, yes. There's there's lots. So with anxiety, with all mental health um, disorders, but particularly anxiety, there's a very much a genetic component to this. So some people are just much more prone to worry and much more sensitive to the fear and worry of things going wrong. Also, because worry is all about things that are going to go wrong in the future, people who have been going along in their lives fine and disasters have happened and things have gone very wrong out of nowhere can become hypervigilant to things going wrong in the future. Um, so, and also trauma. So trauma would leave anybody very, very hypervigilant to things going wrong. And to say as well, like since COVID, it's become more prevalent because in COVID, we were constantly told about uncertainty. Things were changing a lot and regularly to hear about danger. Yes, and, and that has stayed with us beyond COVID for sure. What, how does uh, anxiety manifest? What are the symptoms? So symptoms with anxiety come in two ways. So anxiety is not only thinking in our heads, but it's very physical. So for the thinking part, it's really chronic worrying, constant what-ifs. Um, and sometimes they can get very specific. So the likes of social anxiety can be a lot of worrying about how they're going, people are going to be perceived and how they're going to get on with people. And then some people would worry about health and about sort of contamination and keeping themselves well. Um, so also high levels of catastrophizing is what we call it. So this is perceiving dangers coming your way and very, very hard to manage uncertainty. And some cases do bring on levels of panic. The physical symptoms then, a lot of it can be symptoms of adrenaline. So breathing becoming faster, heart rate can increasing, but it can also have a really bad effect on our stomachs. It can make people feel very, very sick and also have a big effect on sleeping. All those things um, develop as you, you know, get deeper into this anxiety phase or whatever. It can get very deep and, and very difficult and very challenging. What helps? How can we, you know, turn this around? So, um, just like the symptoms come in two ways, how to respond to anxiety can also come in two ways. And we would frequently start 
with the physical. So with the physical, uh, in therapy, we would talk about breathing exercises, which are very easy to do and can be done very discreetly where nobody knows. And what this is, is kind of brings down our nervous system. And in this place, we can think a little bit clearer. And then we can move on to how do we manage these thoughts and catastrophizing. So what we look at here is challenging the perception of danger. So we look at sometimes likelihood. What's the percentage of likelihood that these disasters are going to happen? And really, what's the evidence to say that they're going to happen? And often there's very little evidence and very little likelihood. So this can help us challenge this. Often there is no catastrophe. Sometimes as well, we need to break it down into baby steps. How can we make the situation easier? And a lot of worries are in the future. They're about tomorrow, next week. So sometimes we can simply look at it and say, if this isn't in today, I'm not going to I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to give it energy. Also, differentiation between the things inside and outside our control. If it's outside our control, no matter how much we worry about it, it doesn't change the situation. So how can we disengage from worry and using those breathing exercises? And also, like I said last week with depression, exercise is a huge help because it can release the stress from our bodies um, and help us feel more in control of ourselves. And diet. Diet can have an enormous effect on anxiety. If we've a lot of sugar or caffeine in our system, it can actually really make things much, much worse. So there are ways of dealing with this, as you've alluded to there. And in a lot of cases, uh, you know, anxiety, it's never going to happen. I've just been listening to what you've you've been saying there, but it's to get that message across to the person that's living with it. If all these suggestions you make there don't help, where do you go? So first protocol always if somebody uses tools themselves and tries their best to sort of challenge the behaviours, um, the GP would always be the first place to go and a GP, and, and then therapy also. And CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, is one of the best tools for people with anxiety and it can be really successful in help changing those behaviours where anxiety can go. Um, so the GP therapy and I suppose if it's chronic and not going away that's when sometimes medication can be very very helpful but the previous steps would all be taken first um, You're so good and next week we're moving on to cover another topic that's often misunderstood OCD, you'll be back around this time next week with us. Rhoda thank I'll you so back. much Thank you. No, pro- no problem at all, thanks a million. Take bye. care, bye that's Rhoda Smith there, she's brilliant from uh, Slane Counselling talking about anxiety and next week it is OCD on the show round about this time. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. We're in at Boy tomorrow with the show. Until then, have a nice evening and we're leaving you in the company today of Mr Dermot Kennedy. See you Friday. Lately I've been living in a dream The past feels like a better place to be The days we spent just sitting by the sea Empyrean skies can't compete with those eyes The colours of that dress you love to wear Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.